What is up, everybody, and welcome back to Wayward Movie Surfers reactions to the next Karate Kid, aka Karate Kid Part Four. I'm Sid, and joining me today is uh, Marley Andrews, who happens to be a girl, and she can help me understand women because apparently, boys <laughs> don't, yeah, boys don't understand women. I guess that was the whole thing of the this movie. Yeah, indeed, yes, but uh, I'll do my best. I mean, we're all <laughs> unique creatures, but we we uh, we could try. <laughs> not not in this movie, you know, like. <laughs> So true. so true that I'm so excited to talk to you about this movie today. Absolutely. How are you, by the way? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm back at home. I kind of had a week of traveling and venturing and I do photography on the side, and which I absolutely love. So I had a, a gig that I was working on and now we're back home. So we're good. How about you? I've just been chilling. Um, well, yesterday I went to the club like always and uh, turned, got turned and uh, we're kind of recovering still from that. <laughs> <laughs> hey sunday fun day but sunday is all about relaxation too i think yeah um i've got a um a thing going on april 1st i'll tell you what that is because um yeah it's uh it'll be a uh, interesting thing like it's for tsa pre-check um yeah so i get to do that because like the membership is 85 dollars uh for five years and you get to keep all your liquids you get to go on the shorter line which is about like five minutes long you know if you travel yeah. if you travel a lot like it's worth the money I think I had no idea this was a thing can you like send that to me once we're done recording you don't, check you, it out. you've <laughs> never heard about TSA pre-check I, I've heard of the pre-check but I've never like looked into it or like anything about it I'm just like ah next time and so I never have done any research but 85 dollars for five that's that's wild yeah, you just have to do, you have to fill out their application and then uh, uh, do a little interview with them uh, for 15 minutes, either at the airport or there's a, an office in the Valley, which that's more convenient for me to go. So that's where I'm going to go. Okay, well, good luck. I mean, it's not, it sounds like it's pretty straight and to the point. They're just going to kind of ask you questions like pretty much that you're a good person <laughs> and that you're good to fly, sounds like. I, I hope so. You know, I hope they don't look at my name and like, oh, uh, Mr. Al-Qaeda over here. <laughs> You're like, please don't stereotype fakes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of stereotypes, let's get into the next Karate Kid. <laughs> yes, yes, the next one. Uh, <laughs> uh, released in 1994. Uh, fun fact about 1994, I was one years old, so. Oh, I was, oh, I was two. Hey, bud. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, this is the fourth installment in the Karate Kid series. It's notable for two things. This is the first Karate Kid movie in the Miyagi-verse where Ralph Macchio's character, Danny LaRusso, makes no appearance. Uh, the reason why he didn't want to do it is because he didn't want to be the uh, the Rocky Balboa for kids' movies. <laughs> that is fair. It's uh, like he was, he was 33 in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because like the title is Karate Kid, so he's like. Mm. <laughs> I, but here's the thing, though. Like the other, like Karate Kid Part Three came out in 1989. You know, like it's he's not True. that old. <laughs> he's like, I hit my 30s. My time's up, guys. I got, I gotta kick it. <laughs> yeah. Um. This is also the acting debut of Academy Award-winning actor Hilary Swank as Julie. Um. She won the Academy Award for Million Dollar Baby and. For some reason, that's like a, a core childhood memory of mine. Like, I remember that. And I'm just like, I've never even seen the movie. It's just like, oh, she won. And it was like such a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably because of all the trading and stuff and just how big, like, the just or the news around the movie was going. Yeah. Like, did you did you get that same feeling at all? Like, <laughs> is it... 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember it being like such a big deal, like with media coverage and like, I mean, that it, I mean, it's great for her and like she did an amazing performance. But yeah, it was. I feel like it was definitely like a um, like a core memory of like like social uh, like social media, not social media, but like a you know, do you get what I'm saying? Like it was kind of like a like a hit factor in pop culture. I think so. I, I'll have to watch it sometime to see what what the hype's about. Um, I uh, there's also another notable thing in here. This is the last time ever that uh, Pat Morita played Mr. Miyagi, uh, which is sad, very sad. He died in 2004. Oh yeah, I didn't even. Yep. I, forgot, I knew that, but I didn't put it together in my head. Yep. This is also uh, the, the next Karate Kid was directed by Christopher Kane, who has really no notable directing credits, and Mark Lee, which I couldn't find his. Um, uh, Wikipedia, so I can I could have looked at IMDb and see what his credits were for writing, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> this is also the first movie in the franchise not written by Robert Kamen, like the the series founder essentially, and directed by John Advilson. Uh, they directed the first three Karate Kid movies, and honestly, it shows. Um, I think. <laughs> I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. While it did have a twelve million dollar budget, it just barely managed to make up for that with fifteen million dollars in the box office. It was also critically panned, saying that the film was unnecessary and has little to offer. It was the least successful Karate Kid movie in the franchise. Alongside Swank, it is Pat Morita returning for the final time as Mr. Miyagi, alongside Chris Conrad as Eric McGowan, Michael Irons- Ironside um, as Colonel Dugan, which uh, I, throughout this whole thing I'm going to call him uh, Colonel uh, Doogie because I hated him. And Michael uh, Cavallari, I think that's how you say his last name, as uh, Ned. So this movie doesn't really have any fun Easter eggs because this movie is not fun. (laughs) (laughs) But um, why don't you go into detail, Marley? Like, what did you think of the next Karate Kid? Oh, I I think you have some really good performances by Pat and Hillary. I think there's some moments that you're like, oh, okay, that makes, that's why they are who they are. And like, especially too, you get to see the younger moments of Hillary Swank before her um, amazing uh, acting career. But uh, it, I feel like, <laughs> so I have, a, I have a lot of thoughts and I feel like the buildup, like if, if I'm just giving overall opinion, the buildup was really there and then we kind of hit a middle point and then, we're, co- we're going, <laughs> it's the best way to say it. Um, I think there could, there's a lot of potential that could have worked with this movie. And then, you know, there's the, the stuff they didn't use. So I, what about you? What did you, I just wanna know your initial reaction. What a great portrayal of Miyagi's character, like throughout this whole thing. Like this, you can absolutely tell that like, um, whoever their names were that I just mentioned (laughs) honestly did not give any love or consideration to um like who Miyagi's character is I feel like there was a lot of things where I'm like Mr. Miyagi would never do that yes yes like this is such a weird thing like they just wanted to put it in there Um, Hilary Swank like she was kind of actually annoying in the beginning but I think her character really did grow on Mm -hmm. me towards the end um I, I really liked her a lot at the towards the end of the movie. I thought she really gave a good performance. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, well, I don't want to spoil Cobra Kai. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it next time. But um, uh, I'm interested to see if they actually do bring her character. If they do, I really hope they don't bring back any of these other characters. I actually was just talking to my boyfriend about that. I was like, there was uh, like the way I just, I feel like it'd be too, too much of a caricature, like of, 
if they were to like, and I don't really know how it would tie in with the rest of the universe too. Like I could see like, oh, you know, another student of Mr. Miyagi's, that makes sense. But the rest of it, the flow of it, I think would be weird. But again, I'm not a writer. Maybe, maybe they would have some fun way to do it, but I just think it'd be weird. Mm-hmm. And that's saying something since we just talked about how Terry Silver is like such a huge character, but like somehow he makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it's just like, we have one, so we're good. (laughs) Maybe that's kind of my take on it. Like, I think they have really fleshed his character out in this, in the series without giving too much away. But um, I just think that we're, I'm good. I like him and I'm good with him. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I don't know, like, here's the thing with those villains. Like they have no, they have no motivation to like do it like I don't even know I like I wrote down their name but like later on because I literally did not give a shit about any of these bad guys like I did like they were called the alpha something I just called them the alpha fuck boys because they were just like fucking around you know <laughs> yeah that's such, a, that's such a good name I was like it's almost like it's like a wannabe Cobra Kai on acid but also not like it's like a weird like thing that they put together and they're like yeah. we're gonna call it yeah. this and I, I didn't really understand like what they were. Like, was it like ROTC or like, I heard like that they were football, which is like, they didn't play football at all. Yeah. yeah. And then there was one point where he's like, well, you're not going to get your recommendation to the Air Force. And I was like, wait, what, what is this group? <laughs> Why does it exist? So I agree. I, I have no idea. Yeah. It's just like, uh, and then like the ending is just like, you know, like we talk again, we talk a lot, a lot about like some of these scenes is like, very ridiculous and stuff like that the ending was crazy like uh, like crazy yeah. in a bad way I think like it was just like why are we escalating this like we're not escalating it in a fun way and like going off of like this wasn't made by people who really love these characters and like the story that was already mm-hmm. kind of established there's no karate in this thing I mean like we have the Miyagi and you know the monk monastery we'll, we'll talk about that for sure but like there's also just no build up to karate like oh yeah we can make the 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 um the excuse like oh we've done it in like the first three movies we did the tournament we did like uh, the japan thing like we can't have like another karate showdown like uh, in a dojo or whatever and i'm just like why not like yeah <laughs> you, you don't have that here like that that's karate kid you have to have you have to like be you have to do karate <laughs> and especially too because the title is the next karate kid so then what I mean, what's the point? <laughs> like, not to say that the movie didn't get it, didn't hit the mark, but I feel like they, it went this way when all they had to do was keep going straight. And it just, I don't know. I, like me as a viewer, like, obviously we, we know it works. We know maybe it's cliche, like you said, but like, that's why we love it. So please give it, like, we want it. Like as a viewer, we want it. Yeah. And like a lot of, yeah, like I said, like the Miyagi stuff, like it, it's just so sad. I just really feel like, you know, if they did Karate Kid Part 3 and then Pat Morita died, like that would have been great. I feel like we kind of left on a bad note <laughs> with Mr. Miyagi here. And I wish he was in Cobra Kai. Like, yes. like that, that world is so centered around him, even though he's there in spirit. It's just like, ah, this movie just doesn't really do it justice a lot. And there's so much like Asian stereotyping in this. Like when we talked about like the progressiveness of like 
the last three movies. Granted, the third one was you know they 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 had a, they had some racial had to throw <laughs> yeah, had to throw that in there just to I guess appease people. <laughs> but yes, no. Um, there's some it's there's a lot more cringiness to this movie and not in a good way. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's the one thing that when I was watching it again, I was like, oh oh yeah, that happens. Oh okay, that happens. <laughs> it's just more. I feel jarred a, a lot in some scenes too that I just feel like. That wasn't completed. That wasn't completed. I we just started talking about this, and now we're here. So it's which I don't want to give it too much away because we'll discuss it. But it was just it's very like like just too much. Yeah, and my like my biggest appeal obviously was Ralph Macchio, not just because he's easy on the eyes, you know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah, like I I do love Daniel. Like I, I shit on him a lot, you know, and he needs to be shit on because like he's kind of a dick. But I enjoyed him, you know. Like I just like. You can't do Karate Kid without Daniel LaRusso or like not mentioning him. There was only one mention of Daniel LaRusso in this entire movie. And it's just like, where is Daniel LaRusso? Like he is, he was such an important part of the franchise. Like you have to like, oh, like, I think the rumor is like he went to college. Like he finally went to college or something or something happened Mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And it, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know why they didn't talk about it. Um, what I actually do have a fact here. Um, before Pat Morita died, um, uh, he did pitch the idea for a Karate Kid Part Five, where a dying Mr. Miyagi was going to train uh, Johnny Lawrence, who was a doctor, which I, which I think was like very fascinating. It didn't go to the production stage or anything. Like it was like a pitch. And I think there were some plans to do that until Pat Morita died and that all changed. And it's very funny that um, Mr. Miyagi thought Johnny Lawrence was going to be a doctor when, uh, when you realize where his life goes. Yeah. (laughs) But I think it's so, it's such a Mr. Miyagi thing to do. Like, he's just like, I'm going to take him in. I want to take in like, who was like, you know, like, someone who was on the other side that's so I would have loved to have seen that though like obviously we know with Cobra Kai it goes a little differently for his life but it would have been so interesting to see that mm-hmm. perspective and it wouldn't be Karate Kid necessarily you know which is kind mm-hmm, of funny mm-hmm. um so Marley are you ready to like get into this like it's uh, yes I'm, I'm ready <laughs> I, I will warn I will warn everybody like this is the first time I've ever watched this movie so th- like these are a lot of these notes that I've taken are like genuine reactions to things like a, a live tweet like <laughs> almost <laughs> so if it's all over the place like i'm sorry but um let's get right into it though um we open up on a field with military playing ban on um i think like that was an interesting start because the last three movies were like flashbacks and again like this could have been the moment where we'd be where we could have been like uh danny larusso is going somewhere we can like mm-hmm. open up to like the purple heart thing and like because like they're celebrating uh the veterans who died i can't remember the army barrage like that mr Miyagi was a part of like the asian like barrage in world war ii they were being honored that day by the president and Miyagi was there to accept an award um on the ha- on behalf of the barrage uh, over there he sits next to uh, a woman uh, his best friend's wife i never wrote her name <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, call her grandma. Yeah, 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 let's call her grandma. <laughs> yeah, like it's grandma, like it's Julie's grandma. Let, let's not let's just skip ahead to that. Um Miyagi has dinner with the woman from the ceremony, uh, Julie's grandma. And during that moment, we meet a young girl named Julie. <laughs> um 
she's kind of a little bitch to Miyagi. Uh, Julia and the granddaughter have a bit of a tussle. We get the first line of exposition from Julia. It looks like her parents died in a car accident. And Julie, and Julie, her real name was actually Susie. So like, that's not even her name. Like they drop that and like, they just never bring it back up again. <laughs> um, is living with her grandmother um, because of like, you know, the parents dying and everything like Batman. Um, she storms off all while Miyagi watches the conflict go down. Miyagi has a suggestion on how to fix Julie's moment of grief. Miyagi suggests that um, the grandmother waters his garden in California. So he sends her off to California, which I think is like, um, this old part was just really interesting. Like we're introduced to this person um, who I guess has history with Miyagi and you're like, hey, um, I don't know this girl. Like this is like, she's your granddaughter. Um, why don't you go to California and I'll stay in this home in your house with your granddaughter who I've never met, who uh, is a woman, um, a, a teenager, a girl, <laughs> and I will live with her and help her grow. And it's like, and she was just like, oh, okay, we could do that. That's it was so weird. It's so, oh my gosh, the first, literally just watching the first five minutes, you're like, this feels, this, hmm. Like, we know we have, like, obviously in, in the second movie, we're like, Daniel's mom's like, let her go, okay, or let him go, you know, like, it's good. But still, there was at least some, like, training. He had known him for a little while. Like, he don't know this guy <laughs> at all. And I thought it was so interesting that he's like, no, it's okay, I'll take care of it. So I'm like, while I do trust in your skills and the training that's going to happen, this is just so odd. It's so odd. And I think like, I don't know if like the writers were trying to use what worked for number two and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll, we have to get her out of the movie somehow and we'll just plop her away. And then it, it's just so, it's just so weird. Like it just feels odd. Yeah. I, I misunderstood it. And I thought she like Hillary Swank was going to go to California with Mr. Miyagi. And I thought, and I thought <gasps> that was going to even be more weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, um, we got to Julie breaking into her school, which is weird because I always wanted to break out of school, lol. Um, she climbs to the roof and we see a hawk in a cage. The hawk is nursing, like they're um, nursing its wing. Julie found the hawk and she's been nursing this hawk in this cage um, that's on the top of the, uh, the school roof. Um, let's see, saying that they've, like Julie talks to the hawk saying that if they found out where it was, they would take it away and put it in a small cage. Meanwhile, the cops show up and catch Julie and the hawk. Julie throws the flashlight at the cops um, and the chase is on. Uh, white privilege is in play here because if she was a POC, the cops would have shot her on sight. Um, <laughs> yep. Absolutely, I saw that. I was like, wow, you're, you're not going to throw a flashlight at an officer and not get... Yeah, yeah. But, yep. you know. By the way, they're in Boston. Did I mention that? <laughs> no, 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 but... Uh which is which is also so crazy too because of dynamic setup of that yeah why do you think they're in boston <laughs> I, don't, I think it's it's interesting because like the the other thing that i wanted to comment on was just how mr miyagi is accepting this award and whatnot which i'm not saying that he wouldn't but it's just so because of the first movie how he's just like his award is in a box and he's like it's it's not uh, it doesn't matter like i know like it's all about the inner so it's interesting <laughs> that he is there and it's just like almost being a, a deck like dec obviously he's a decorated uh, veteran but it's just interesting that like he flew out there and then he's just I don't know it just feels like it's the first little off thing about Mr. Miyagi that they did with his character that I was like that's different 
Yeah, you brought up a good point that I forgot to mention. Like the the whole idea that he is here right now, like goes completely against his like philosophy on mm-hmm. like m- like uh, material possession. Like he literally said that purple heart was just a sign, like just a sign. It's like, hey, that you're alive, you know. Or I, I can't remember the exact quote, but like it, he just like kind of dismissed it, you know. So the fact that he's going to like accept an award, it was just like. Yeah, weird. Um, not the first mm-hmm. weird Miyagi thing that's happened. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's see. Julie throws flashlight. Oh, but she managed she manages to get away from the cops and rushes back home and runs into her, her grandma, who tells her that she's going to Miyagi's house in California while Miyagi watches her um here in Boston. Miyagi drives grandma to the airport with Julie in the car. And then Miyagi tells Ju- Miyagi and Julie have a moment in the car together and tells Julie they're going to celebrate her birthday in the car. And to be honest, this scene is weird because he lists off every single Asian cuisine. Like, and as if Miyagi hasn't lived in America for the, like 50 years, he just like, oh yeah, you want, we're going to have teriyaki, sushi, sashimi, and his like Japanese voice. And I'm just like, this makes me feel uncomfortable a little bit, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just like, why? I think- why- why you got to do that? I think it's like, I don't know if they were trying to establish like the differences like between the two of them and they had to like, oh yeah, let's bring culture and food into it and all, all of the things that Asian people eat. Like, I just feel like it was just kind of like, hmm. it's like I do, that's, that's the thing. Like this entire movie, I go, hmm, hmm. Like, I feel like there's a lot of like, that's, that was a choice. <laughs> it, it was a choice. Um, it was definitely a choice. And it's just like, it's yeah, Asian food is weird. Like that's also the the other stereotype because <laughs> mm-hmm. like he mentions like a hamburger teriyaki thing and I'm just like I don't know man like y'all could have just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but despite how charming Miyagi is, Julie is not impressed. He drives her to school and school is wild and crazy and there's a funky tune to emphasize that. Um, we we get a weird shot of uh, a man who we'll get to know later and uh, another weird shot on a group of boys in black shirts and jeans. They're the bad guys, by the way, in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> Yeah, they were obviously the bad guys. Julie sits by herself in this greenhouse room, minding her own business, when fuckboy rudely interrupts. Um, he pulls out her headphones. And to be honest, if someone did that to me, like pulling out my head, like my headphones out or my earbuds out, uh, it's on site. Like that person would have been dead. Like, mm-hmm. what the Personal fuck? Is- yeah, his name is Ned. He introduced, like she calls him Ned because that was his name. And like, Jesus fucking Christ, he is so aggressive. Oh yeah, no, he's like super like verbally abusive to her. And he's like, oh yeah, you want to come by the docks? Yeah, you'll like that. Like, whoa, where did this come from? Like, it's very like hostile for no reason. And I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It's creepy. He's a creepy guy. It was so creepy. Like, it wasn't even like, I get it. We have to like establish villains and stuff like that. But like, maybe like this will be a good time to like talk about the villains because like, um, uh, well, we're, we're probably getting there. Like, I, I think, like, uh, I, I want to, like, get to Colonel Dugan. Um, yeah, that guy in just a second. But, like, the bad guys in this movie are just, like, bad for the sake of being bad, you know? Like, they don't have, like, Crease. I feel like Crease deep in his heart, he's, like, despite the fact that, you know, he almost killed Johnny in part two. <laughs> like, there's still a respect for his students, you know, like even in Cobra Kai, which, you know, it's a little tiny spoilers for Cobra Kai, like Kreese does care about the people in there, even, but like, he's very strict. He's very like World War II, like drill sergeant type, type of deal. The, 
Colonel Dugan and like the Alpha, are their names on here? The Alpha Elite, that's what they're called. But I call them the Alpha Fuckboys. Like, yeah, let's just call them that. (laughs) Let's just do it. (laughs) Like, the Alpha Fuckboys are just like, they have no motivation, you know? Um, It's just like, it it makes it like not interesting at all. Um, But yeah, we'll get, we'll definitely get into that, that more. But like, I felt like Ned in this scene was just like, what is the history here? Like, why is he? being like this like no human being acts like this um for no reason even johnny lawrence who yeah he was over the top like he had a motivation like uh daniel was going to ali and like he had to like uh, fight for his honor blah 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 you know like that's his girl there was nothing here to indicate like that julie had beef with ned or something like or whatever yeah you know? Well, it's just, it also reminds me too, like um, in Karate Kid 3, like Carrie Silver, like, you know, he's dramatized and then there's a lot of like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. But he still has that like connection with, with Kreese. Like he's still, there's still something there to motivate him. Like you're saying, like with them, it's just pure evil. It feels like to me. And like, just like it, it's not fleshed out. It makes me very uncomfortable. And I'm instantly just like not wanting to be around these people because every time they're introduced into a scene, I just go, oh, I don't want to see the interaction because it just gets like, it's rather sexualized. It's um, physical, like in, like instantly wanting to offend and hurt people. Like, it's just, it's just not, it's not it for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, the teacher comes in and Ned frames uh, Julie for smoking uh, and not the fact that she was literally physically assaulted for no reason at all. <laughs> um julie's in the principal's office with uh, the colonel guys and there uh this the teacher i call him the teacher asshole because we don't know who he is basically it says that if she screws up one more time she's expelled uh, or like she's suspended I, I don't know what the like the right terminology like he said um which literally can't happen in real life like they don't do that like you you have to like be on multiple offenses to be sus- suspended and it was never established that way like um but even like the principal was like well if she's like breaking another rule or like a couple more rules and like depending on the suspension like no she's going to leave the school and it's like what <laughs> what you yeah, saying I know. They, they they took his personal vendetta against her and was like okay it is love <laughs> you're just like oh okay <laughs> Um, we cut to the uh, the love interest, our uh, our Ali, um, whose name is Eric, actually. Um, so we kind of learn from him that like the group that she ran into with Ned is called the Alpha Elite, but we'll call them the Alpha Fuck Boys. Um, typical love shit, you know. Julie and Eric arguing with each other. They hate each other. They um, they can't stand to be. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't like their chemistry at all. And they were just like, yeah, let's be assholes to each other. So in the end we could uh, make up and uh, make out, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, that asshole teacher's name is Colonel Dugan. And I wrote <laughs> Dugan parentheses Dugan, huh? That's, that's what he's called. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I call him like, I forgot his name. So I just called him like Colonel Doogie because it's like, I was going to say, douche he's a colonel like douche i don't know colonel yeah. just, <laughs> it's just like it's so close to doogie you, you like if that was real life like oh my god all the people all the kids there would have called him colonel doogie <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> what a dumb name um so eric w- was tasked by colonel doogie to um br- take julie back to class um because you know <laughs> um and then when julie's taking like she had to go to the bathroom so when julie's taking a long time to 
like in the bathroom. Eric goes in the girl's bathroom and looks for her. Um, why? Why would you do that? I don't know. <laughs> another like, cringe. <laughs> another cringe. But we realize after he's looked in all the stalls in this girl's bathroom, um, he notices the windows open and he goes up. I don't know like what like causes his mind to go um, like out the window and everything, but he goes up, he goes up to the roof. Uh, so now Eric knows Julie's secret and no matter like um, secret about the hawk because Julie was with the hawk. So now Eric knows Julie's secret, and no matter how many very cringeworthy threats she makes, um, the Domino's pizza one was like, uh, I didn't like that one, but like those, those insults were like weak as fuck. <laughs> I'm going to uh, send 48 pizzas to your house. Okay, I love pizza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eric has, no, has the power to rat her out. Um, we learned the hawk, his name is Angel, which is cute. Um, Eric doesn't tell Julie what he's going to do with her secret. Uh, we cut to the alpha fuckboys uh, on the field getting drills. Again, no idea what they are. I, I, did they say that they were a football team, like, initially? I think, aren't they, like, a, like a school, like, protection program? Like, they take care oh. of the school, I think it was. I don't know. I'll have to look at it. In a, are you saying off, that they're, are you saying that they're hall monitors? <laughs> I think I think they are because oh I think God. it's some type of discipline because I mean unless they are football players and I missed that but obviously it wasn't well announced because it both didn't stick to us so we're just like imagine like a hall monitor is like, <laughs> like get back to school get back in your class get back in your class I'm gonna kill you <laughs> for real <laughs> all right um let's see uh, they're giving drills. He's trying his, like, uh, <laughs> Colonel Doogie is, like, doing his best to be John Kreese, and it's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Like, it is legitimately cringeworthy, like, because John Kreese was a lot cooler. Martin Cove, like, a uh, legend, honestly. And, like, he's literally trying to be Cobra Kai, like, with the, the rules and the war and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Maybe he would be good friends with, uh, I feel like John Kreese would kick his ass. Like, absolutely. Oh. For sure, hands down. Yeah. Um, Ragi arrives to pick up Julie, but she is not there. She doesn't, he doesn't know where she is. Um, and I, I literally wrote down, what are they doing? Because <laughs> there's, because they're sparring. I, um, what does that have to do with football? That's what I, <laughs> and also these are students and a teacher. <laughs> this would never fly like ever, <laughs> but somehow, somehow it's okay. Yeah, Miyagi watches them. Um, Eric is on the field and doesn't want to take a shot at Colonel Doogie. Doogie proceeds to slap him across the field and choke him. Um, that's right, uh, choke him. Uh, Miyagi interferes. He asks Colonel Doogie if he knows where Julie is. Uh, but we, ju we just have to emphasize that um, he's the bad guy and acts like an asshole to Miyagi, saying that he's trespassing. Um, how are you trespassing? Like, um, you, you can't trespass on a school. Like when, like, I don't know, you're, I, I don't know how school works when it comes to like parents and trying to pick up their kid, you know, but like you're a teacher and someone's looking for someone that they need to pick up. I don't know. I would have been like, um, I don't know who Julie is. Um, did you talk to the principal or something? Like I would have yeah, been a lot more helpful. Yeah, and he doesn't do that. He just has to be like the bad guy. Um, 
let's see. Uh, Colonel Doogie once again tells Miyagi to leave again. Uh, Miyagi rambles about a story about a bull in Okinawa that, to be honest, I wasn't listening to very well. <laughs> but also Colonel Doogie wasn't listening. So um, not a really good Miyagiism. <laughs> no, no. It was like they were trying to just kind of show that Mr. Miyagi's had smart on, on Colonel, Colonel Doogie. Um, it just seems like it's just like put in there to be like, mm-hmm, I got you. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you said was probably a good burn, but I'm not smart enough to understand it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Julie confronts Eric once again about Angel and he doesn't say what he'll do. Um, so that, that prompts her to ride with him in the car to like figure all that out. They stop by a train station. That's where Eric works. Uh, they climb on top of the train where they can see the top of the world. Which I very weird line because you can't see the top of the world. Trains are not that <laughs> um, uh, more exposition about Eric's life. His dad left him when he was young, and we learned that he wants to join the military, and he believes Doogie will get him there. Uh, Julie is not sure what the future will hold for her. Uh, her main focus right now is Angel the Hawk, and she makes him promise to not tell anyone about the Hawk, uh, foreshadowing for when eventually he does tell, I don't know if he will, but it's a good guess. I, I thought he was going to, but spoiler alerts, he um, he doesn't, he doesn't tell anybody, which, you know, that's a good guy. Good guy, mm-hmm. Eric, I guess. Um, there's a couple of things before we like get into it here. What do you think of Eric and Julie's relationship? Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, I think it's an attempt to make it fun and an attempt to add some, relationship building and her you can see her develop and change with someone and also somebody who's like a good person that's an influence in her life um I just think they tried to mesh it and almost it to me it almost felt like they wanted to echo the bantering of like Daniel and Allie and how like it was like that playful like oh yeah ah, I feel like it was like like aggressive and it just came off like bam 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 and I think there's like there's the cute little moments that they do have throughout the movie but it's it's all right for me yeah i i think they're totally okay like it's not really offensive um i think there's some questionable things that he does which i'll get into in just a, a little while uh once we <laughs> once we get there but yeah I, I wasn't feeling it honestly i wish she didn't have a boyfriend um but i know karate kid is all about love you know like all about them relationships so it was important to have establishment uh relationship i just hate that their coming together was like uh, under the circumstance of hey you're not going to tell my secret are you <laughs> like you're not gonna yeah. try to mess up my life right now like this hawk means a lot to me and um yeah it was kind of bullshit but you know it, it kind of worked out towards the end i think mm-hmm. yep uh we cut back to julie's home with miyagi on the phone and julie comes back and sees um, and Julie's coming back from seeing the entire world on a train. Uh, Miyagi wants to talk to Julie, who um, slammed the door when uh, she walks in. Sorry, uh, Miyagi wants to talk to Julie. Uh, Julie slams the door, and um, he walks in on Julie, changing her clothes. And honestly, that was the worst part of the movie, and I hate it so much, because it was clearly trying to sexualize just a little bit Hillary Swank, because you see her in her bra. She's 18 here, so it's um, it's okay I know, like, uh, mostly child's actors are adults and stuff like that, but it still made me, like, do we have to show this? Yeah, well, especially, too, because, like, she is portraying a teenager, and she is still in school, so, like, it's just awkward, and also, too, like, the the goal, I guess, of establishing boundaries 
it wasn't even necessary like I feel like he's like explains like I'm so sorry like you know I'm just used to living with Daniel and like I didn't mean any harm but like it's just for why it doesn't help move the story forward it's just kind of like you said it's just to kind of hypersexualize Hillary okay uh you mentioned that Daniel line and I'm going to talk about that one for a second yeah 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 yeah. he he says um Miyagi apologized and explained that he used to live with his friend Daniel-san and that they would go to each other's rooms no problem (laughs) what like what? I get like maybe he's trying to explain because the house is so open where like you know back in California and so that's where he's getting at but still again what <laughs> like the way he said it like we go into each other's room okay and I'm just like what are you trying to say here because like, you just walked in because you, you walked in on um Julie changing like something more going on there Mr. Miyagi like (laughs) (laughs) me and Daniel and also too I hate that this is the only line we get about Daniel and it's in the cringy moment and it's like we all know that Daniel Daniel's son was like oh like his best friend like his this is a person that he's found and has grown such a good relationship with and that's all he gets that's all we get he gets that and like the, the potential like like homo like a homosexual like uh, queer baiting kind of thing even though mm-hmm. um it's kind of like pedophilia well not pedophilia I think there's another tr- term when they're teenagers but like uh, it's just like it, you know uh, unco- uncomfy child harassment <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. type of thing it's just like it just that's the context I took it in maybe my, maybe I have a dirty brain you know <laughs> it's just like I, are you just like I, looking at each other's dicks or something like I don't know yeah yeah no I think I just like this is where we missed the writers of the first three movies like even though there was some times we're like why did you do that but it's still like stayed true to the characters I don't know it just was just it was just a weird scene exactly. I could have done without exactly. it mm-hmm. um he asked uh, in that moment he asked uh, why she wasn't there for him to pick her up uh she tells him that she was um where she was, you know, at the train station. And Miyagi explained that he spoke to her teacher saying that he got uh, her the three weeks of homework she didn't do. Miyagi asked Julie if she can do it tonight, much to Julie's dismay, uh, saying that she knows where her life is headed, even though earlier she said that she didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she's like fighting Miyagi and she's like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> um, Miyagi says, ambition without knowledge is like a boat on dry land. Uh, another very weak Miyagiism, I think. I was just like, oh, all right. <laughs> sure. Um, Julie storms out with Miyagi and Tail and uh, blurts out her first microaggression towards Miyagi, saying that, oh, you can barely speak English, you know, like you're going to teach me like uh, anything in life. And I'm like, why? I hated that. I, I wrote, I hate Julie in this moment. because, <laughs> Girl, why would you say that? Yeah, especially too, because he's like the only person there that's taking care of her or has any interest in her well-being. And it's like, okay, yeah, okay, that was dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. <laughs> exactly. Um, as she storms out uh, uh, into the streets, um, she sees a pizza car coming right at her, but her reflexes are fast and she jumps on the hood of a, uh, the hood of a fast-moving car. <laughs> 
very weird. Miyagi saw that. Um, Julie storms back into the house where she expects Miyagi to yell and berate her like her grandmother does. But Miyagi doesn't do that. He asked her, how did she learn to jump in the tiger position like that? That's what it's called, the tiger position. <laughs> uh, but Julie doesn't know what he's talking about. She, she just reacted. Uh, Miyagi's in the living room where Julie says that her dad taught her karate. Uh, and we learned that Julie's grandfather uh, saved Miyagi in World War II. And to say thank you, he taught him karate. And then Julie's grandfather passed it down to her father. And then he passed it. And then her father passed it on to her. So that's like the Miyagi, like she knows Miyagi-Do. She's got Miyagi-Do karate inside her. Here's the thing about this little line there, that little scene. Miyagi never taught anybody except Daniel karate. So mm -hmm. you, you could tell right there that the, the writers didn't, they didn't write, like they didn't watch those movies. Nope, nope. They were ready to move on and move forward and scrap everything that mattered. Because <laughs> that was like a big premise of like, you know, and then the reason why we find out, like, um, oh my gosh, I'm spacing on name, not chosen. Uh, it's, uh, who are you talking about? Um, uh, Mr. Miyagi, how his dad raised him as a brother and like also taught him. Oh, Sato. Like, we find out, yes, thank you. Ooh, my, my head was not remembering that, but we find out like there was a purpose as like, you know, we took him in and that's why he was able to, you know, get in with the karate there. But like Mr. Miyagi himself was like, Daniel son. We was like he's because like he never had a son and like he passed it off like yeah it's all just like oh okay <laughs> yeah it, you know if they do introduce Hillary Swank and Cobra Kai that will be an interesting conversation um, I think because like mm -hmm. I think like that that would be a really interesting conversation to have um, but I digress um, he sympathize he sympathizes with her parent uh, the loss of her parents um, there's a small kind of a small com a callback to Karate Kid Part Two because Miyagi talks about how he lost his parents too although specifically he didn't say his dad recently you know um i don't know how long this takes place <laughs> as julie reminisces about her parents miyagi said that they left her with a legacy it's karate you know the karate that miyagi taught her grandfather so it, I, that, that, again that is another funny line because like oh they left you a legacy and it's like what was that legacy it's karate yeah and i she should have been like you mean the karate that you taught my grandfather uh, who taught my dad um, and you can make like the excuse like, oh, um, you know, Daniel's like in part three where, da where Mr. Miyagi's like, uh, good karate is in your foundation. Like, you know, all my, all my stuff, but like now you have to make it your own, blah, blah, blah. These people weren't thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were not thinking about that. Um, I don't understand why Julie is having a hard time understanding what Miyagi's trying to say to her. Like all the, like the little like Miyagi-isms, while it wasn't necessarily like memorable um they're not that hard you know um mm -hmm. it's like he mentioned like oh because like she was frustrated like why can't you ever give me a straight answer and he was like um he's something about an easy answer like uh, is for like the easy question the question you're looking for you know that that's the easy answer and it's just like that that made sense you know like just mm -hmm. use, your, use your brain <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like it's like they're like wanting her to look as like the, you know, the, the lost teenager that needs help. And once, once she finds that, that strength and in, in her being and like, and her place in the world, then she'll understand. So we have to make her look pretty dumb right now. Exactly. Um, so we cut to about 
I, I think it was evening or dawn because like it wasn't really clear um, to Julie blasting music, music which wakes up Miyagi and uh, he was in a messy bathroom too. Uh, Miyagi is waxing on and waxing off the car later on and Julie comes in and makes a comment of uh, and he makes a comment about too much makeup uh, which again weird uh, comment from Mr. Miyagi and then Julie says that her t- her teeth doesn't don't match her nose. Now, now, Marley, I want to ask you a question. Um, since you're a girl, um, you've used makeup and stuff like that. Is that a thing? <laughs> um, I, I've never felt that in my life. Like, I feel like people have commented like, oh, like, I don't like how my eyes, I wish my eyes were a little bigger, but I've never heard the comparison of nose and teeth together. So I almost took it as a weird, like, because they comment about like, um makeup and like how it's too much makeup and then they talk about how like her almost like how her her proportions are noticeably like they don't go together so it's like are they trying to like put in like subliminally like what the typical like American beauty should look like like I I felt it was weird like I and also too like what a weird concept to look at and especially too because it's like she says it and then we go directly to something else (laughs) Yeah, um, I think it's a conversation that later on in her transformation, like to talk about, but I think it's like the, I think it's like the nineties, like idea of like too much makeup make you, makes you look like a whore, you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And like, she's young, she shouldn't have that much makeup, which is like uh, in this day and age, no one gives a shit really if a kid yeah. were, but I mean, I, there's some conservatives out there, but like in general, I think that like the status quo is different um, for children, especially with like beauty gurus and YouTube and stuff like that, like existing. But I think like that was just like subliminally like, yo, uh, too much makeup is for whores. You can't, can't wear too much makeup. Um, and the other thing is like, I, I really also don't like this scene either. Cause Julie asked Mr. Miyagi like, Hey, can you teach me karate? And uh, boo, Mr. Miyagi has conditions for karate. Boo sucks. Because, <laughs> like, the conditions were that uh, for as many late homework that Julie does, uh, he'll give her a karate lesson. And it's just like, it's stupid. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, I just like, that's not Miyagi. You know, Mr. Miyagi helped Daniel. I mean, like, regardless, you know, even when Daniel like betrayed Mr. Miyagi in part three, like, he's still loved and respected Daniel enough to like, yo, I'm going to like help you defend yourself. But like Miyagi has conditions. He wants to be paid. And I'm just like, that is such bullshit. That is not Mr. Miyagi. I know it's mm-hmm. Pat Morita, but it's like, it's a, uh, he's wearing a Mr. Miyagi mask, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it just, cause like, especially cause we've grown to love the karate kid because of the way it's taught and the way that like it's a way of life like um it's the life lessons that you're learning out of it and so it's just kind of like a a failed attempt to show that by doing her homework we're going to teach her the ways and it's going to work out i yeah it's just bleh. yeah it, it's bullshit um but you know they, she agrees to the terms and miyagi teaches julie the first lesson in miyagi do karate wax on wax off she calls it bullshit and she doesn't do it <laughs> um Miyagi says that um he has much to learn about girls and that boys are easier um and like I said Miyagi from Karate Kid part one through three would never say this <laughs> he would never ever say that word but I, I digress um a scene later Julie wants to go to the mall and and um she asks Mr. Miyagi if she can borrow some money for gas for him to take her doesn't make sense at all he doesn't want to take her to the mall and okay whatever 
<laughs> Buzz or uh, again, yeah, a weird thing. But Miyagi has other plans for her um, as he sets up uh, her up across the house, across the street to do some babysitting. Uh, we cut to a small montage of Julie trying to figure out how to babysit these rowdy lot. Uh, Miyagi's at the front door telling her to just breathe if things get crazy. Um, once she starts breathing, she finally gets a hand on them and she even joins in on the fun with the kids. Miyagi and Julie come back and we realize that he had planned this. So um, this is like his first, her first karate lesson which it's dumb it's dumb it's dumb because um that is not how miyagi trains like the whole thing even in cobra kai like they make a whole thing about the repetition thing you know wax on wax off like uh paint the fence um the drums in part two part three didn't really have a uh, we're going to do a specific move type of thing but mr miyagi has always been about repetition and i'm just like what are we learning <laughs> what's the lesson yeah here? Oh yeah, and it's about like everything that he, he teaches it echoes without li- throughout their life, right? You know, like even like you said, we see it in Cobra Kai as well, just like to where like it's life moves that you do throughout your like things that you do through life and then you apply it to karate and that's how it all intertwines. Babysitting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like how? How did, I mean, what was the move? Like you said, like it's just not there. Yeah, no, it's, it's again, it's almost like they literally took like they're like okay we watched or we took a spark notes of the first three movies and we're gonna put it into the script somehow but not actually yeah I guess he was teaching her breathing and like patience but it's just like I don't know there could have been like it I don't see it really applied um or referenced again which like that was that was the point of mm-hmm. at least the first two movies like where they like they had that they made that like the the thing but you know, whatever. Yeah, that was the first karate lesson. <laughs> um, we cut to more evening shenanigans um, with the music being loud and Miyagi is resting peacefully because he blocks all the, the music out. Again, I don't really understand where this comes from because right afterwards she is back breaking into the school um, where the alpha fuck boys are there waiting for her. Um, again, I don't understand their motivation to like, harass this young girl but whatever <laughs> uh they proceed to chase her across the hall until they lost sight of julie uh ned is um the the alpha fuck boys are the worst and not in the bad like they're the worst and we talked about it like they're the worst and not in the bad way like they're generally just bad villains um do you want to talk about like uh, i, I yeah. feel like i've talked about it enough but like what do you think of colonel doogie and the alpha fuck boys i just think it's like this weird vendetta against like they like like women and almost like it's like okay and in the movie we're going to prove that she can do better than them but it's like there's better than what better than what is it like what are we proving it just we're just constantly watching them pick on this girl mm-hmm. <laughs> is what it feels like to me and they're just gross they're gross like why why would you also like if you put this in real life this girl's being chased into this cafeteria she's hiding for her life like we don't know what their plan is to do with her we don't know if they're going to kill her we don't know if they're going to molester we don't know like there's so many like things when you're like in that fight or flight mode it's like no no why what's the point I don't understand the point and that I think that's like the biggest thing with the fuck boys is that I don't know what what their wants or needs are they're I, I can't see them they're not clear enough for me and it just it always just ends up being just so freaking creepy yeah exactly I think um it puts the audience on edge in a bad way like, mm-hmm. oh, what are these what are these guys going to do to her? And it's just like, 
in like, oh, are we going to see something like truly awful? Because like they're coming off very aggressive, like from the first, from the start. So it's just like, and it's a kid's movie. You can't really expect like, oh, they're going to rape her or uh, beat the shit out of her until she's like in a bloody pulp. Like they, they can't do that. You know, uh, um, they did it to Daniel, but they couldn't do it to her. But, um, but like at the same time, we don't know what their motivations are. So like, we don't know mm-hmm. how far they're going to take that. And it's so nerve it's nerve-wracking in the bad way and yeah. colonel colonel doogie is also just a watered down john crease which i just feel like i don't know what his motivations are either like he says he's trying to fight a war and it's just like what are you talking about like mm-hmm. you're in high school <laughs> i mean like even when john crease said it at least it sounded a little bit believable you know yeah, yeah, because it's it, again, it's just like we just don't know what the end goal is. We don't know what the mission is of this group either. Like, it just feels like it's just like okay, and and I'm still waiting for the the answer. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, what was kind of funny about this scene? Um, Ned is kind of stalking her, like th- that scene in Jurassic Park <laughs> when they're in the oh, cafeteria yeah. with the raptors and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I don't. Know, I think Jurassic Park. It came out around yeah it came out in 93 i think like i uh, um i that was like the first movie i ever saw my mom took me when i was an infant um i don't remember it the first movie i can consciously remember is toy story um in theaters but um i guess jurassic park um was the first movie i ever saw <laughs> uh, i mean what a fun little memory to have yeah. Um, well, the Jurassic Park one wasn't really my memory because I was an infant child, but my mom said, right, right, right. yeah, my mom said we took you. Um, I was always afraid of like off topic, but I was always afraid of Jurassic Park. And I always thought it was an R rated movie because, you know, because it, it was like it was a horror movie. There was like dinosaurs there. It was like eating people. You know, I was like, oh, this is a rated R movie. It's not for my age. And then it's like, oh, no, it's just PG-13. Oh yeah, I, maybe it's because I watched it later in life. Like I think I was like nine when I first saw it. If I I remember being like littler. Yeah, um, yeah. I was six. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, so that, that there was my thought there. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's keep going. Um, Ned is stalking her in the kitchen. Uh, when he finds Julie, uh, she manages to escape the fuckboys by sounding an alarm. Um, where nerd blurts out, "I'll see you at the docks. Uh, don't be late." always talks about the docks which you know the docks will have its uh they'll have its time to shine later mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me um the police show up and curl doogie's there too i don't know why he was there um and julie gets locked up in jail <laughs> miyagi bails her out uh picks her up and asks her why is she, why was she at school this late and she confesses to him uh, that she's feeding an e- the eagle a- a- angel um in the car we learned that julie is suspended for two weeks like it cuts to the car because like a lot of honestly a lot of the conversation was not really interesting yeah <laughs> um and miyagi tells her that we're gonna meet an old friend and uh in my mind i'm like are we meeting somebody from the crowd because my first time watching this i was like are we meeting someone from the previous karate kid like um that has a relationship with mr miyagi but like who could that be like is it someone from okinawa or something like that but like they're going away for two weeks they're going out of town and i'm just like this is gonna be interesting are they gonna go to japan for two weeks <laughs> i was just lots of thoughts in my brain um we cut to the train station where eric is uh, wondering why julie was there and she recaps everything that happened last night uh she asked eric to feed the hawk because she's going to be out of town for a couple of weeks um he asked julie she asked julie yeah no he does he asked julie if she's going to miss him 
uh, barf after being a douche about it after being a douche about it she says yes she'll miss him i this is the part where i kind of like uh, i roll this is like uh, uh, it's gross i hated it <laughs> They I just didn't. really want you to like like their relationship. They're like, oh yeah, she is gonna miss him. But and, it's like, and, <laughs> and their and their relationship progressed way too fast for me. Like, I what what the, it's been like thirty minutes in or so, and um, this is kind of where we're at. Like, they're in love with each other type of deal, and it's like, I don't know. It was uh, it was very weird. Um, we cut to a gas station. Um, Julie goes into the gas station and uh, a dog just starts barking at her and growling at her, ready to attack. And the bystanders do nothing. Uh, they kind of laugh and uh, hoot and holler about that. And as soon as Miyagi shows up, the dog calms down. Um, you know, Mr. Miyagi's magic. You know, he'll, everyone loves Mr. Miyagi. Uh, but the bystanders did not like the fact that the dog, <laughs> that the dog couldn't rip off a teenage girl's face. Um, what is and the the comment I have here is like what the fuck is wrong with the old men in this movie, you know? Yes, one thousand percent yes. Because that's almost like a a grown up version of our, our fuck boys. Like there's a group of men again targeting Julie, <laughs> <laughs> and for what? Yeah. <laughs> for why? Well, and like the gas station guy touched her the way he touched her on the shoulder. I'm like, why would you touch a teenage girl like that? Oh my god! It was so. Oh, obviously Miyagi proceeds to kick their ass. Um, he says that it was the most unfortunate that he had to fight, which again doesn't make sense because in that moment it was karate was for defense only, and that was okay to do karate in that moment. So I'm just like, I maybe it was the way that Julie said it, you know, because she was so excited. Oh yeah, you kicked their ass, you know, and like celebrating it, and you know. I guess Miyagi still has that uh, Karate Kid Part One through Three thing where it's just like, yeah, um, I don't really like to fight, <laughs> type of thing, uh, which I'll get into. Hold on to that thought here yeah, yeah, <laughs> in just a moment because yeah. like there's a uh, some bullshit at the end. <laughs> that ending <laughs> was such bullshit, but we'll get to that in just a second. Um, he says that it was most unfortunate. Uh, we cut to Miyagi hitting a gong at a door, and we are met with a bunch of monks. You know, let's step into the Asian stereotype and go to a monk monastery um, where they've been waiting outside all day for them to come to the door. Again, I just like, I don't understand these monks, but like uh, Miyagi's Asian, let's, uh, Karate's Asian, let's let's bring some Asian people in here. And it's just like, why? Like, they're not even like stereotyped, but it's just like, uh, we have to include this because Asian, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. like they could have yeah. like all the other movies that we've seen like they've been training on like where they're at like on set or if they you know they, they flew to Okinawa like they're they're there and that's it why did we why did we have to come to this specific location that's that was my question like what was why yeah exactly at least Okinawa it made sense because that's where Miyagi's from and yeah some yeah. history about Miyagi but like the monk monastery in Boston, Massachusetts, <laughs> where Miyagi's not even from, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't get it. I just like, I didn't understand it, but I, you know, I digress. Like they're part of this movie. Uh, we have to live with it. Um, we cut to one of the monks hitting a bell, which wakes up Julie and she ends up running and screaming for Mr. Miyagi. Like she's freaked out that a bell woke her up. And I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, why are you acting like this girl? I'm like, <laughs> Especially too, because they know they're at a monastery. Like they know they know they're there. So like, what what changed? Was it like 
that she just realized that they're not at home like what what scared her <laughs> like what was it i don't know um she interrupts miyagi while he's obviously praying like she's not he's not talking not responsive um he doesn't explain that he's praying though afterwards like that would have been a really cool explanation because like he just like that's that was it like mm-hmm. he was just like staring off to the distance uh he looks well, we cut to a giant rock garden and miyagi tells julie to do to stand on the big rock uh he wants her to do a kick and land on the small rock like a jump kick type of thing again um this isn't the miyagi way of doing karate like that was established like that a lot of it it seems like a very flashy move you know which that's not what miyagi karate is um mm-hmm. it was kind of annoying but that rock garden was pretty <laughs> oh yeah another location free time um for for the eye um yeah no it's like i said i feel like they like spark notes things that they're like oh yeah there was this great moment where he learned the clan kick so how, we're gonna do a moment and she's gonna learn this even cooler kick and mm-hmm. it's gonna have no mm-hmm. meaning behind it <laughs> exactly yeah and the crane kick was like you had to you had to level up and stuff. I mean, like yeah. she had to level up for this kick that she was going to do, but it wasn't interesting. You know, like she didn't learn the fundamentals of Miyagi karate. And it's just like, we're skipping to, you know, Daniel wanted to hit and punch in the first movie. So he could have, you're telling me he could have done that. <laughs> like <laughs> if, if we got to like, if karate kid won, like if we got to that point where uh, Julie was like kicking and everything, Karate Kid would have been over fast. Oh, yeah. Now they've been like two minutes and done. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she won. <laughs> exactly. Um, we cut to a barn where Miyagi's teaching her uh, when to anticipate trouble. Um, how does he plan to show her that? By having one of the monks throw a sandbag at her. Um, again, I just hate how stereotypically Asian they all are. Like, again, like none of it was particularly offensive. Like, I'm sure that's what monks look like. Again, I'm, I'm like... I've never been to a monastery. I can't say for sure, but it's just like they are there and they're acting Asian. Like they're these Asian actors are acting Asian for not good reasons. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, and it's just like it, it, it makes it all just kind of weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Makes me a little bit uncomfortable watching this movie. Yes, one hundred percent agree. Um, Julie, we cut to a dinner table. Julie's sitting at a table with the monks for dinner, and she is confounded by a radish. <laughs> she looks at this radish like a radish. <laughs> like you're gonna make me eat a radish? I've never seen. Like, what is this weird Asian like thing? It's it's just a radish. Just eat it. <laughs> you know, it's food. You're gonna be okay. <laughs> like I thought. Like I thought they were gonna do the thing. Like they were gonna bring like some ethnic food. You know, and just like oh, the white person like can't handle curry <laughs> or something. <laughs> but it was just a radish. Like, it was so weird. Like, they they, they dwelled on that so long. Uh, do they, like, I just wrote down, do they not have radishes in Boston? You know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, Julie spots a cockroach and she tries to squish it, but the monk grabs it just in time. Uh, confused as to what she did, she offended the monks because negative actions cause pain and she shouldn't have done that. Um, she said it was a stupid rule. Um, and then all the monks just left, and even Mr. Miyagi, they um left too. And I'm just like, oh, we'll get to it later. I, I'm skip uh, like I'll I'll be skipping ahead, but we have to also get to, back to uh, Colonel Doogie. Again, this was the one scene that I was just like, 
what the fuck is going on here, man? Um, Because, like, one of the teachers is asking for Eric. They're in a school. They are in an a, a institute of learning. Yes. He calls for Eric. But Colonel Dookie says that you can't leave unless I say so. And I'm just like, you're a teacher. He needs to go to the principal's office. Like, I understand, like, they established in the beginning, like, he has a hold on the, like, the institution. I can understand that corruption, like, playing into that. But, like, at least John Kreese and even Terry Silver, to an extent, they played their cards when it came to, like, their manipulation. And, like, they had the facade of, like, being good people. And, like, you can see that. Like, yo, I can't act like John Kreese, like, how crazy I am to my students in front of somebody um else like yeah like uh i don't want to like spoiler for i don't want to talk about cobra kai we'll talk about cobra kai later but like uh again like it just they had like the facade of being like good people at least like to um, the parents and people like that but like this guy was straight up like you are not going there or else you're not going to be a part of the team anymore and i'm just like why are you like that just doesn't make sense it doesn't no it doesn't at all and especially too because like the teacher or the um office aide or whoever she is that comes looks at like looks at um colonel dewey like oh no like oh like no like if anything like in any of my school experience that i've had like if you if a parent calls like you have to go take it like you have to no matter what you're doing like you gotta you gotta go take that phone call like i mean it's a little different now because of like you know with cell phones and stuff but like back in the day like your mom's in the office or like you were like gotta go like there's no way like this would be okay like <laughs> that's your parental unit <laughs> yeah and like you know if the principal tells you like you know like i, I you see in the movies and stuff like uh um so and so come to the principal's office and you have to be dismissed you have to go to the principal's office like because mm-hmm. god knows what happened you know like maybe you did something bad or something bad happened and you need to be made aware of it and it's just like i don't know it's just like I don't know. Colonel Dewey's an asshole and for no reason. Like um yes. an asshole in the sense that like, you know, Terry Silver's an asshole, but I love Terry Silver. Like I just I love I love that guy. But like this guy is just like it, yeah, like this guy is just like not Yeah, because like even in that, like it's like, you know, like even though like it's a very extreme measure of him, like they insulted John Priest, but like, you know, like that was his ride or die and he saved his life. So you know what? I am gonna take care of those people for you what is what is colonel doogie's purpose what is it what is the reason behind it like that's the one thing like the number one question i have the entire movie is like what is the point and what is your wants what is the what is the need i still don't know exactly yeah well um eric defies him and goes because it's his mom uh, on the phone but actually it's julie which um let me let me write right here it's julie I hate that they say nothing interesting. <laughs> That's what I wrote. <laughs> they just say like, oh yeah, I, I'm in the monk mind. Like they just kind of recap what's going on. Uh, he, she just recaps to him what's, everything that had happened previously. And mm-hmm. it was just not an interesting phone call. So I didn't write anything. <laughs> uh, we cut back to the monks and Miyagi and the monks are having a good old time um, because Julie's in the other room in the dining room um from the initial scene uh, with the cockroach and everything and the other monks are not having dinner with her they're having dinner elsewhere uh julie walks in on having dinner in another place they're still mad at her for the dumb cockroach that she tried to kill um you know all the monks are very offended with julie and it's just like i don't get it like i i just i literally don't understand 
the lesson like aren't isn't she there to like i i feel like i don't know i i can't speak for monk monasteries or like what causes like offense or whatever like especially like when you think about like different cultures different people stuff like that yeah killing the cockroach like anyone would have killed the cockroach like let's be honest but like is that enough for them like to just look look at her and just like dismiss everything yeah and isolate her and also too like she's a child like yes she is almost 18 or I I can't remember if she's 16 or 17 in this movie but um still like she you know she's learning like this is the first time here and so it's like it's such a, a a cut dry like later you you messed up instead of being like you know what like let's explain why like like Mr. Miyagi does say like you know life is sacred but then it's like he doesn't really give her the time to like okay, and this is why it's it's offensive or this is why, you know, like, this is why you shouldn't do it. It's just kind of like, and then she's just left there by herself. Exactly. Um, we cut to a, a lilac field though. And she sees a praying mantis and she, she shows it to the monk and everything's okay. That conflict was like, what, um, 10 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it wasn't even that long for us. Like that that whole scene made no sense. Um the star of that scene was the Prey Mantis. <laughs> exactly. Um yeah, it was it, none of it made sense. But regardless, the monks like her again. Um, let's see. Back at the barn, Julie is ready to take on the sandbag trick, but Miyagi pulls an Obi-Wan Kenobi on her and tells her to do it blindfolded. Uh she manages to block one sandbag successfully, but fails to block all the others. Um in, and um let me see here. We cut to a temple where Julie sees a Buddha statue and then proceeds to dance inside the temple. She does the crane kick a few times, which is like, oh, yeah, yeah you had to put the crane kick in there, sure, and the dance routine, whatever. Um, the other monks watch her from behind. She apologizes and stops the music only for the monks to turn it back on and then proceeding to dance. Uh, and I wrote down here, um, love that this white girl has shown this old old time monks the power of music. <laughs> It's just like I don't know like it's oh yeah they're learning something from her and I'm just like what do they learn that they like dancing yeah. they like this song mm-hmm. that was pretty good you know some of the music choices were actually really cool um uh, I'll yeah, give it some cranberries there yeah none, none of it really like stuck out but I was like I, I wasn't offended by the music um let's see and then they all proceed to dance which is like great <laughs> and then <laughs> And then we cut to the uh, rock garden and she tries to do the rock jump kick again. This time she does it. Of course she did. Uh, We're like 40 minutes left in this movie. She has to do that kick. (laughs) Um, And then she uh, talks about belts, um, which is a callback to when Daniel was talking about belts, you know, the funny joke, uh, JCPenney 398. um, And then the Miyagi laugh. Uh, (laughs) And I wrote down the note. They do the belt joke again, only this time it's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) so true it's like that that uh that b version that uh that's not tried and true to mr miyagi <laughs> yeah i mean like yeah like miyagi would have absolutely like been more funnier in that moment and it's just like yeah this this wasn't funny <laughs> the second time <laughs> uh she does we um we do kind of a karate montage in here she does wax on wax off she does some kata by the waterfall um it's a whole karate montage, which I feel like she did not earn. Because, <laughs> um, like, of the way, like, Miyagi taught her. Like, I feel like we're missing some steps for her to get, like, mm-hmm. the full, like, because she was doing punching. She was doing all that stuff. 
Um, and it was just like, uh, this didn't get me hype. Um, we cut to them eating dinner. Miyagi says that it's time to go home tomorrow. Uh, the monks come in beating a drum. They brought out a cake. It's Julie's birthday. She's 17 now. Uh, she's 16 and 17. <laughs> Um, the monks agree to give Julie one wish and one gift. Julie asks them to come visit them in Boston, like, or wherever they are, like at their home. Um, and they haven't left the monastery in years. Where do they get their food? Like, (laughs) do they, (laughs) like, they don't have phones. How are they supposed to, who's their plumber? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Uber Eats did not, was not invented back in, was not a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Like they but regardless, they agree to like see Julie in Boston. And it's just like, y'all haven't left? <laughs> like, And why is she so special? What, 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 what's her redeeming? Not to say she's not cool, but like if they haven't left for so long and she is the soul, you know what? Julie said we should, we should do it. Let's do it. Exactly. What? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the other gift is um, that of Zen archery. Um, it's where one of the other monks is, has like a giant ass bow and uh, Mr. Miyagi is the target. He manages to catch the arrow that could have obviously killed him, but I wrote down here, Miyagi is just built different. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Okay, so that, like, what did you think of this archery scene? Like, do you think it contributed anything to this movie? Because, no. okay, yeah, there we go. Like, obvious answer. But it's just like, oh, she's gonna, they're gonna do something crazy like the alpha fuck boys. Like, they're gonna, shooter or i don't know they were gonna throw something like a spear at her and she's gonna grab it like the arrow and i i thought like you know it's like Chekhov's gun like we we did like which you know karate kid one two and three have done you know where it's like oh we did this one thing this is gonna apply into the final fight mm-hmm. it, it doesn't no <laughs> it was just it was kind of cool but th- that was just pretty much it um, looks like she's turned over a new leaf. Uh, she, Julie is back in school and she's looking more feminine. And I wrote down lame because that is a, a trope, a women trope in a lot of media is where the tomboy, like you can't like, oh, you can't wear too much makeup or like you're dressing like a boy and you're acting like rude and crudish. But like, once you put on like just, uh, like enough makeup and you're wearing a dress and smiling more, like, it's just, I hate that like femininity is used here as like a, um, this is an a, acceptance, is a, like acceptance. It's... Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah. it lame. Like, um, this is not, um, this is not what I wanted. Um, and you're a girl, Marley. Like, how did you feel about this? <laughs> how did you feel oh, about it's this? just, it's like a cop out. Like it just makes me, especially too, because like this movie is the next karate kid. Like, this is what I'm, this is what I'm wanting. I don't want to see her. Like, I, I don't, like it doesn't give me any substance like I want to see her grow like internally with her heart and her head because she's learning these life skills from Mr. Miyagi like you trying to put on oh she looks more girly now it's more acceptable like get that crap out of here I I came here to learn uh, Miyagi-Do like I want to see this the foundation of this so it's just it's bleh yeah and you know like there is also the conversation of like the fact that she's grieving like her parents died three weeks ago like they never really like they treat her like she's like oh you didn't get over it in three weeks like when my dogs died I I'm still mourning <laughs> you know I'm yeah. still sad like there I, I I remember like mourning for like months like initially and it was just like her her um her parents died literally three weeks like she's of course she's gonna be angry and lash out and like, lash out at her grandma and like the grandma doesn't know what to do and it's just like yeah, of course, because her parents died in a yeah. car accident. 
<laughs> three <laughs> weeks ago like she hasn't had a chance also, yeah and it's also too like why and I mean I know it's different times because I feel like nowadays everybody you can wear whatever the fuck you want like I feel like it's just like why does it matter the way that she's reflecting outwardly like oh so she's now past her grief and now she can look pretty again like <sighs> exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> Eric asked Julie where she was and that she can't tell him because she would never, uh, he would never believe her, which is like uh, their way of saying like, it's a long story, which, you know, she says that a lot, you know, like, hey, where have you been, Julia? Oh, it's a long story. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you been up to, Julia? Oh, it's a long story. Um, like, what's so unbelievable about a monk monastery? Like, did they go on a magical, did they have a dragon? Like, did they try time travel or <laughs> something like that? Like, it's almost like the writer's way of like, not having to like tie in things that they're like oh we'll get to it later uh you you guys visually saw it so we don't need to update our characters on it like it's cool <laughs> what's you know like we are i'm not sure how far along we are um i think we yeah we're going to the prom so i think we're about 20 more minutes left into this movie yeah nothing interesting has happened at all nothing that of remarkable has happened in this movie <laughs> Yes. Okay. So this is where, this is like right when she got back where that's when I was like, okay, so we're, this is something's gotta, it's gotta be a build. It's gotta be something. Cause we've had the, these moments of like, okay, her relationships established. We went to go do some training here. Like I, to me, like, I'm like, okay, there has to be a payoff. There has to be something. Cause it just feels like we, we started the car. We're at 25 miles an hour. We have to get to a hundred. We're still somehow at 25 miles an hour. And it's like, where, where, where are we going? Exactly. Um, well, uh, in this moment, we're going to go back to the fuckboys because they're back. Um, <laughs> yes. They're up to some bullshit, but um, Eric and uh, Julie go back up to the roofs to see Angel, but Ned follows them along. Angel is not in her cage. Ned called animal control on Angel and they took her away, and which leads to Eric and Ned fighting. Um, way, way or another, uh, one way or another, they're going to they're, they're going to finish this. That's what Ned says. And uh, stressed me out very much because I was like, are they going to like, I don't know, almost kill Ned and like uh, and almost kill uh, Eric, I guess. Like, I don't know. They're, they're both very unremarkable. So I, I got their names mixed up, but I thought like they were going to push each other yeah, off. Yeah, duke it out. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's just like- And I, then we just go, oh, go, no, you go, oh, you go. Oh, no, you I, go. I, I, I was going to probably say the same thing. You go ahead. I was gonna say, and then we're like, you're like in this moment, and then bam, we go straight to the animal picture. Like we see, we're just cut right straight to Mr. Me. Like, oh, I hated this. I hated this entire scene because there's like so much pressure on you as a viewer to feel things, and you're like, oh my gosh, because you're seeing this like shot from like being on top of the school roof, and you're like, wow, that you can really see down there. And then it's just like, bam, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Angel's good. And you're like, what? Did I miss the fight? Did I miss like? Did I miss something? And I like rewound, and then I went back, and I'm like, nope, it's just a terrible setup. <laughs> yeah, and Angel was fine. Like they probably should have taken her to the vet anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, Miyagi asked Julie if Angel's ready to fly, but she's convinced it, uh, she can't because it still has a broken wing. Miyagi wants to test that theory. He brings them to a lake and he does his uh, little Miyagi, uh, little magic Miyagi prayer and boom, the bird is healed. But Angel comes back to Julie and convinced it that, um, and somehow she convinced it, like she told the bird like, hey, you're strong girl, (laughs) you got this. (laughs) I'm just like, that animal doesn't know what's going on. but yeah, Miyagi says that, that the angel uh, that killed herself, which is crap, because we know, you know, Miyagi did that. 
Mm-hmm. But he didn't do it as intensely as he did in the first movie. But um, you know, w- when Miyagi does that, you know, he's he's pulling out the the spirits, the magic, and yep. the voodoo, yep. hoodoo, and um, he brings that all out. <laughs> um, let's see. There's a scene about Julie uh, getting asked out by Eric to prom off camera, or maybe it was on camera. I don't remember actually when he asked her. I, I think it was off camera because I don't remember it either. Yeah, um, but. I it, it was a conversation between Julie and Miyagi, um, and it was not interesting at all. So I didn't write anything about it either. <laughs> um, uh, there's a scene where Miyagi goes to the store, and it was essentially like, "Oh, girls are too complicated," and that barf. I was just like, "Why are we here?" <laughs> mm-hmm. I know he's trying to buy a dress for Julie, but like, you you put the whole thing of like, "Oh, girls are so complicated," blah blah blah. Oh, we didn't need to see that scene. We could have yep. Daniel could have been in that scene. <laughs> cut it next <laughs> exactly um they're in the house now and miyagi is teaching julie some new kata but it was all a ruse because uh, t- by, uh, all a ruse by miyagi to teach her dancing which that part was kind of cool i actually kind of like this moment a little bit the karate waltz because like um it's a different spin on like the miyagi do karate like where you know through repetition you're learning karate and then th- through karate repetition you're learning to dance which I think mm-hmm. that was, if anything, I'm going to give props to it was that scene. I don't know. How did you feel about the, the, the I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too, because also he, um, you know, how she like talks like, if you were ever a parent, like you would have been a great dad. And then he like asked her, he's like, well, as a parent, can I have this dancing? And I was like, ah, there's the acting bits that we love of Pat. They're coming through easily. Like, it's just, it's just a wholesome scene. And like, did it necessarily add to the grand scheme of everything? Not necessarily, but I think like like you said, it's like a new way that they're teaching. It's something that a life skill, like how we liked from our past three three movies, that it's integrating it into, and it's just it's just nice to watch. Yeah, exactly. I I think it was a lovely scene. Um, it's like the uh, it's like all the times that like Miyagi was there for Daniel. Although I will make the argument because he also bought her a really nice dress uh, that da- Miyagi didn't go this hard for Daniel and. Um, feel bad for him I, I wonder that would be an, if she's in Cobra Kai uh, that would be a really cool conversation like Miyagi bought you a dress uh, and Miyagi <laughs> taught you how to dance like man he just um he just made me a shower thing that one time that was pretty much it <laughs> for sure oh yeah I'd love to see how that would play out yeah well um we won't have to uh, hopefully well like I I really hope she is in it we'll, we'll see but <laughs> um next scene is the monks from the monastery coming to Julie's house uh it's date night and Eric approaches Miyagi and why is he asking all this stuff like he's a conservative parent uh, bring her back what, what what are your activities what are you gonna do what are you- okay I just it goes back into that weird setup of like the stereotypical like perfect family like even though like this how it all came to be was not normal like it's like but now we're going to instill these values and we're going to stick to them Mm -hmm. yeah I mean if anything Miyagi probably would have been like serious but like in the the Miyagi way of like you know like he's uh don't keep young lady waiting blah 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 and like you know him being a g but like this is just conservative dad like um why are you going out with my daughter type thing? And I'm just like, I don't, even as long, as much as we've been with Julie and Miyagi, it just doesn't feel like that was earned enough. You know, mm-hmm. like I just, nah, I didn't like it. The monks were there again, being very Asian um, stereotypes, <laughs> uh, speaking Japanese and all that, um, which was very annoying. Another scene where we're celebrating Julie's change 
being associated with femininity uh, with the dress and her hair and everything. And I was like, oh, don't like it. Um, Eric and Julia are in the car and Eric, the idiot, isn't paying attention to the road and is driving on a one way. <laughs> and it was really interesting scene either because like nothing happened. But uh, yeah. we also we then cut to Miyagi and the monks going bowling. Uh, one of the monks grabs the wrong bowling ball and it pisses off a guy who speaks like one of the most stereotypical Boston. Like, hey, what are you doing, man? What, what are you doing? That's my ball, you know? <laughs> yeah it was like it was so weird i i didn't understand it. like oh what are you what are you gonna do about it you know like that's a ball that's my ball it's expensive <laughs> and also too it's just like you're just like whoa why are you it's the microaggression that keeps popping up in this movie like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. it's okay it, like, it was like, for why? yeah don't even speak to me don't even like all that shit and it's like and then miyagi you know miyagi the betting man he was like um let's bet like whoever gets the most points um each point is a dollar and whoever wins gets all the money and um you know obviously miyagi and the monks um kick their asses um and this another like just asian like stereotype i hated this part uh one of the monks with his eyes closed and most of the monks had their eyes closed in this um uh throws the ball into the gutter but the, through the power of prayer um uh, he prayed hard enough for it to leap out of the uh the gutter into into a strike and i'm just like yes again this is just like the asian magic magical asian people like that the, these people aren't real like type of thing and it's just like I, I i'm seeing it i am acknowledging it and i don't like it yeah i agree um let's see but you know what? they end up winning because obviously they're, they're they weren't gonna lose <laughs> like, because you know um oh yeah i wrote down there's still 20 minutes left of this movie and we're finally at the prom <laughs> which is like um eric and julie are dancing she apologized for getting him in trouble with alpha fuck boys but she but he says that um she's worth it uh we come back to the bowling alley like right after that scene and the monks teach the asshole guy uh, zen bowling with the blindfold and everything and then we cut to the dance there's like three consecutive cuts uh to like three different kinds of scenes and it was weird and uh, also the i don't know if you noticed this but the hug that he like gives one of the monks is like almost like a thrust like it's like very like huh. you're uh, like oh okay he just loves him a lot yeah i guess so yeah um we look up at the ceiling and um here's when the movie gets crazy um the alpha fuck boys fly down on bungee cords down onto the crowd one of the guys destroys like the archway they didn't even explain what they were doing yeah, I, know. I know it's one of the things like i was like you're telling me that not a single teacher or any adult that is at this prom is there's yeah it's cool like who that arch is probably like 300 dollars, and nobody nobody cares yeah <laughs> what yeah and not the fact that and not the like also the fact that like they were all scared shitless because these three guys were like jumped they yeah. like imagine if you're sitting standing there like dancing minding your own business and you see three people jump and you have no context of like the bungee cord you just saw three people commit suicide yeah or like and also them coming down and then like they're getting off their bungees like are they gonna hurt me like are who, is our school being taken over like what's happening yeah if that was played out in the early 2000s like 2010s and stuff like that that people would have thought those were school shooters or something yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah like that wasn't well, i mean it was a thing like uh with um those two guys i can't remember um are you yeah. talking about um columbine 
Columbine. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, with Columbine, like it was very prominent, but, and that was kind of around that time. So it, again, they, they were wearing berets. They were like jumping. They were all, they were all black. They always were all black. Um, and it was just like, it was weird. And Ned's decided like, this was Ned's idea, but like Doogie, like said it was okay to do it. <laughs> I, I yeah. Yeah. And especially too, like, if he's like, you just broke your, your friend's arm might be potentially broken. Well, you didn't do it. We weren't talking about me. I'm like literally like he's like there's concern like you just got injured, but yet no, we're gonna put the story focus back on you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um. Well, Eric and Julie go outside because they're annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but the Alpha Fuck Boys are pissed. Apparently, Eric challenged Ned and uh, challenged Ned, and Doogie wants him to wants Ned to fight him, like which you know like they never really initiated like mm-hmm. when we when we talk about when, when we talk about chosen and daniel like there was obviously like some aggression you know like daniel disrupted something that um chosen was doing in part two and that upset it chosen and so he had like reasons to like fight mm-hmm. daniel i don't understand where where this happened or how he aggravated him like oh was it because like eric just said uh, you hurt your friend's arm, man, doing this a stupid thing that I don't think anyone really understood what you were trying to do. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, it's just like this mini, like, oh, oh and also too, sorry, I have two thoughts like, going oh, on my head. Go ahead. One is, it's like this mini um, little thing of them, like, putting up this, like, tension between them, like, oh, they, they were upset about, you know, putting the bird into animal control, but then we never saw the ending of that. And then now it's like, oh, because you didn't want to jump with us, I'm going to kick your ass. But at the same time, it's like, it's weird because the shift of the story is now focusing on these two characters where this is like, a this is where the movie should be moving towards Julie and like the, the conflict between her and him. And like, well, obviously we'll get to that a little bit, just a little bit, but like, it's just interesting that it's between Eric and Ned, like right now, like why? Yeah, exactly. Like I, I don't get it. Like, um, I think he has, Ned had every reason to, like, beat up um, Julie after, like, you know, calling the cops. Because, like, I think that the cops still gave him some grief because, you know, like, Mm -hmm. uh, Colonel Doogie can't be that big of an influence on a school in Boston. (laughs) You know, it's not Reseda. If it was Reseda, California, sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, yeah, we can control Reseda and, like, be, like, this uh, overlord. But, like, not in Boston, Massachusetts. (laughs) yeah but anyway um no i i absolutely agree um but you know i I don't know what the movie wanted to do anyway but um we'll we'll get to like ned and eric's Mm -hmm, conflict here mm -hmm. in just a second but eric and julie uh share a kiss in the car but ned breaks the car windows because like he was following them he breaks all his car windows and then uh the monks see what happens and get miyagi ned challenges eric at the docks you know the same docks where um ned was trying to challenge an untrained Julie. Uh, this is relevant here in just a second because like, I, I wanted to bring that up because like mm-hmm. we're going to talk about these docs here in just a moment. Uh, Eric drives over there. Um, like he was frantic. Like he wants to end this right now. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like there was really no conflict between like what, what we just talked about, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes to the docks. Uh, there are four barrels on fire. <laughs> um, it looks like it was, and it wasn't even like a dock. <laughs> Here's the thing about these docks. These were shipping docks. These are like industrial, like th- these weren't like docks you, I don't know, get, grab a bite to eat and like hang out, like, you know, in like Santa, um, 
uh, like uh, Santa Monica Beach or whatever like that. Like uh-huh. these were like shipping docks. Like these were an industrial dock. And this guy had five or like four or five like barrels on fire in this like um, God knows where in those containers. Yep. And it looks like a scene out of like a uh, video game. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's like a final deal. Like almost like um. Oh my gosh. Ah, it's coming. Uh, oh my goodness. The movie where he. Mortal Kombat. Oh, you yes 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 you knew what I was thinking. Yeah. It literally looks like that. Yeah. Exactly. And with Ned standing there, like, oh man, he's gonna fight me now. Mm-hmm. Like, was he going to like beat the shit out of Julie here or rape her or like I don't I don't understand. I want to understand. See, see, and that's the thing. Like the context of what he says to her when he when we first initially meet him, um, when she's in the the plant room, um, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh yeah, if we go down to the docks, I'm gonna show you a good time." Like, I don't, I don't ever want to know what the actual plan was for them to what he was wanting to do with her. Exactly. Um, the other alpha fucks show up though, because when you think it was just gonna be him and um, um, Ned, Eric and Ned, like the other alpha fucks show up with Dookie mm-hmm. there, an adult is there they pour gasoline on his car <laughs> my heart was literally when they're like we're gonna light it on fire i'm like no please don't please don't do that <laughs> again like it's not even funny like it's it's not uh, you laugh because it's like it's it is so ridiculous and i don't know how to mm-hmm. feel about it but it's just like i i like i just want to i think the problem is i don't understand the motivations of the alpha fuck boys and Colonel Doogie and all these people. Like, I don't understand why they're doing all this. You know, yes. I don't think, and again, you know, Cobra Kai is very crazy, but like, I feel like it, it it's more controlled, like chaos, you know, a little bit, but like, um, I don't understand why they are this aggressive. Like this, this is like arson. This is like you, mm-hmm vehicle damage and like uh, like uh, arson arson like that's a criminal offense and there's an adult here that is unhinged i mean like you can argue yeah john crease and terry silver are unhinged too but like they had motivations (laughs) and this guy has no motivations and it's just like he's not a cool character like he's just like we're gonna insert this guy be have him be the conflict and there's just no subtext of like what he's doing mm-hmm. and, and it literally blow- is yeah and they blow up his car yeah no i it, it's crazy it's like the alpha fuck boys and they had to just have a leader of the fuck boys so we're gonna do that and make it work but it doesn't yeah. work mm-hmm. I, I i wrote down like i kind of this is the point and like i know we're at the end but like this is where the point where i kind of dismissed the movie and i was just like this is yes it. when they blew up the yep. car i was like this isn't this is ridiculous and not in the good way. I'm just like, I want this movie to be over. I'm glad it is. Um, the alpha fucks all beat the shit out of him with Doogie watching by. Um, these are high schoolers. Um, so imagine in your life, uh, Jameson Elton, you know, our very good friend. I would love Jameson, but we've both known Jameson mm-hmm. since he was a teenager. Yeah. Um, I've known him. Uh, I, I saw him in West Side Story. He, like we were part with the whole West Side Story cycle beach party type of thing. He was 13, which I was shocked. Cause like when he mm-hmm. told me his age later he was on. He was a baby, yeah. But like, I knew him later in life when he was like 16, 17. And you know, Georgia, the Kittredges, you know, with the red haired cat. But I, I trained Georgia 16, 17. And I'm just like, in my mind, I'm picturing them in this situation. <laughs> and <I'm> like, <laughs> these, um, they never, they don't even look like, like, I'm trying to imagine, like, they don't even, I don't think they're capable of being these type of people. Like, even, like, even like 
I, I can see him being like euphoria people, like those crazy people, like those are a little bit more believable. But when I look at uh, the alpha fuck boys and I, I picture like the teenagers in my life that I've met and uh, that I've seen like from when I was a teenager to now, this is just like everything about it is like ridiculous in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think also too, like the importance of consequence is at least established in uh, Karate Kid one through three, like with, when it comes to Cobra Kai, like, you know, like, it's not like they set the terms of like, nobody can touch like each other. Like oh, that came out wrong. No, <laughs> I mean like, but nobody can I mean, like hurt, hurt each other, yeah, like, that's but a- they're still like, if they cross that line, then like, you know, like, oh, there is consequence to that. So they're with them, there's none. Like it just is them just being brutal fuck boys because they can and they will. And no matter what they do, which um, comes to the, the scene that's just about to occur, like they just lie about it and, and everybody believes the lie. Like nobody yeah. questions it. Exactly. Um, moving on. Um, let's see. Uh, B down Eric uh, is picked up by one of the fuck boys, but when, excuse me, when Doogie tells them to finish him off, they hesitate. Miyagi and Julie show up and I thought the monks were going to be there, but I guess not. Um, mm-hmm. And tell Eric that they'll call the police, but Doogie basically says that they have no chance that he'll fabricate a lie. Julie wants to fight Ned. Miyagi is hesitant at first, but he's convinced that now is the time to fight, which, you know, that, that's the Miyagi thing. That's the Miyagi way, like defense and everything like that. Um, let's see. Where was I here? Um, and Julie. She, okay. But he convinces now the time to fight. Ned and Julie fight, and she absolutely kicks his ass. But when Julie uh, focuses her power, she ends up, Sorry, uh, hold on. She knocks him down to the dirt and he grabs the dirt and blinds her. Uh, you know, call back to um, earlier in the monastery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when Julie focuses her power, she ends up beating Ned in the fight. Doogie is convinced that the fight is not over. The battle uh, is lost, but the war is not over. Okay. <laughs> and proceeds to tell the Alpha Fuck Boys to fight her, but they refuse. Uh, he then proceeds to beat the shit out of all of them. Um, Anyone that defies him, essentially, beats the shit out of him. Miyagi said, that's enough. And Miyagi was the one who challenges Doogie to a fight. How are you feeling about that? It's so off-brand. It's so off-brand of Mr. Miyagi. And I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah, absolutely. That sucks. Because, like, when you think about John Kreese in part two and him attacking the Cobra Kais, you know, like, beating up Johnny, Miyagi interfered pulls him away like to protect like mm-hmm. he does a protective move but here's the thing about that that instance versus um uh this one Miyagi doesn't touch crease or barely like he doesn't put a finger on crease crease does all the damage to himself like with the windows and everything like that the only thing that Miyagi does is grabs him down by the shoulder and he even pretends to like hit him like he does the same thing here too um Again, it wasn't really that funny, like the, the come out for that. But mm-hmm. like, he doesn't fight Crease. Like the only time he fights Crease is when, uh, in part three, where Daniel is getting beat down and like he's being attacked by Crease and Terry Silver. And when I when I saw that, I was like, I already dismissed this movie, but like this movie's trash. Like I they like this is the part where they did not respect Miyagi's character. Uh, and even like, he even said like, he doesn't fight, he doesn't fight. Like he doesn't like to fight. It's unfortunate that he had to fight. And it's just like, he wants to fight Doogie. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, I hated it. 
and uh, you know, Doogie didn't get uh, doesn't get a finger on Miyagi, but Miyagi kicks his ass. And it's just like that's not what Miyagi does. And it's like, oh, this yeah. fight scene was it was supposed to they they framed it to make it look like this epic cool thing, but it was such bullshit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, no, it just it was it was just a uh, food for sport. Like it was just kind of like, okay, cool, we're gonna add this scene in here because we can and not really understand the reasons behind why our characters are here today. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like even like when they puts him in the crease position, you know, like uh, he says, it's like, it's time to uh, put out your light, uh, put your lights out, like re- reciting back what he just said. And he just blows on him. And it's like, it's not as funny as the honk. Like mm-hmm. I was waiting for mm-hmm. the honk and he, he didn't do it. And I get it. Like the pun, like he blows him, his blows his lights out and he faints, but it wasn't funny. Um, let's see. So it took there, whatever he is um, for, for the fuck boys to be like, okay um oh yeah that the whatever he is okay so like um i wrote this down because i was like so the alpha elite like the alpha fuck boys it took their whatever whoever this guy is to them like uh, the sensei coach colonel um i don't i don't know what the relationship is so i like whatever he is uh for the alpha fuck boys to be like yeah man i think like he's the bad guy (laughs) i think what he's doing is kind of sus Oh yeah, yeah, no. It's just, it's just. I don't. It's all weird. It's just all weird. Yeah, and especially like you know when you compare it to Cobra Kai too. Um, like Cobra Kai stayed. I think they stayed a little bit with John Kreese. Like, I mean, they left eventually, but like after the tournament, like they all kind of like stuck together um, until mm-hmm. Kreese became an asshole and tried to beat him. So I don't know what the feelings were at, like the next day. That that would be an interesting story, but it's just like they kind of just dismissed him because he got his, his ass kicked. Um, that's, that's a weird, that's a weird thing. Um, and then, um, afterwards, like, you know, the movie in kind of karate kid fashion, it ends on Mr. Miyagi mm-hmm. and the freeze frame and like Hillary Swank and everything like talking and stuff like that, but it ends on the Miyagi freeze frame, but the movie doesn't end. It cuts to a hawk flying in the ocean and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Marley, um, this is going to be a, a hard one. Um, well, tell me about what was your favorite part of the movie? What's the worst part of this movie? Um, you know, my favorite part of the movie, the movie should have just been called Angel. We should have focused on the hawk. We should have just yeah. learned the highlight of the story. Um, but honestly, I guess my favorite part of the movie would probably just be the genuine moment between uh, Mr. Miyagi and Julie in, in the house when he's teaching her the waltz and just because it's again it's just a it's a feel-good moment but you also are seeing like this connectivity of like okay this like they're coming together i think that was probably the best part of that movie um again also my superstar angel um we love her she's Mm -hmm. the best thing of that movie um i hate i mean hate's a strong word but um there's a (laughs) there's so much more that i just did not like and just cringed at and it truly just feels like I feel like I've said this like three times now, but like, it's like they literally looked at like what worked in the Karate Kid one through three. They took elements, like like the idea of it, but they didn't do their research on it. They, you know, like even just this final scene to where he's like going in for the punch and like, you know, like what you said, like we get the pun of it, but like in that moment, we as viewers are like, we know this move, we know how it's going to go down. So like, we're expecting it to happen and then it doesn't. And it's like, ah, okay, could you just at least have given her this one thing? So it just is like, it's a whole bunch of letdowns. And I don't know why we decided that we needed to have the fuck boys in this movie. And like, 
it's just a lot of like moments of like you feeling on edge as a viewer and wanting like there's ne there's never a fulfillment of like okay the fight happened and then you know we're good like it's always just like you're just awkwardly watching these things unfold and you're like no ugh, oh is she gonna be okay oh okay it's it, there's just too many too many like boo moments for me for it to be a a good movie like for me to be like yeah I'll watch it again um and I think like one of the things like kind of about like how I said like it has its moments like there's things there's qualities of it like that in just like the mo the moment of it like the scene of it that I like but all together it's just a bleh all yeah. bleh yeah this wasn't a fun movie to watch um I probably will never watch it again um and you know I love bad movies you know I love Jar Jar Binks you know like I love the the prequel trilogy yeah. a lot like there's a lot of <laughs> about too. yeah there's a lot about Star Wars that you know, it should be cringeworthy and I know it's bad, but like, I have a good time with it. But like this movie, I just like, uh, the closest rec like um, consideration I could I could say, like um, to compare it to, it's like the Alien franchise. Um, I love mm. I love Alien 1 and 2. I also love 3. I think they're a good trilogy, like it's a good trilogy. Granted, 3 is widely considered like probably not everyone's favorite, but you know, I like those trilogy of movies. I watched 4, I didn't like it. Um, I don't actually don't really, really remember it, but like it looked like crap, like from what I could like saw in reviews and stuff like that. And then I watched Prometheus and Aliens Isolation or whatever the Alien Covenant or whatever it was called. Mm -hmm. I think Alien Isolation was the video game. <laughs> but um, those two movies, I'm, I, I completely dismiss them. I'm just like this. Um, first of all, Prometheus, I don't feel like it was an alien movie. And um, now they're trying to like connect Prometheus and Alien together with that Alien Covenant. And um, this isn't good. I did not like Alien Covenant at all. Um, at least I have to watch it yeah. again to like see if I like what my memories are from that. But um, I like three a lot. I think it's like, well, it's not the best movie. I, I still enjoy it. Karate Kid part four. And I love Karate Kid one through three. I'll always watch those movies, but the fourth one, I just, I can't, I can't stand the character assassination of Miyagi. Like this, yep. it, this is like hashtag not my Miyagi, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's absolutely, totally it. Absolutely. And like the bad guys weren't great. Like they weren't fun. I just like, when I think about Hillary Swank and Cobra Kai, I think like having her character be in there, like that would be really cool. When they announced Terry Silver in uh, season four of Cobra Kai, I was like, that is crazy. I don't know how that's going to work, but I'm enjoying the, how these three, like the other three seasons are like just going off the wall and they're going to add Terry Silver into this, who's also like just fucking crazy. Let's go. Let's see how they mm -hmm. do it. And it's just like, I can't imagine a world where Colonel Doogie and his fuckboys are just like no part of it. Like they don't work. Like the story is about Cobra Kai. And I feel like, adding that element adding like the um, the elite alpha elites first of all alpha alpha betas yeah. and all that like first of all not a good word but anyway um i just don't know how they would even work in like what were the direction that cobra kai is going into right mm -hmm. now um it wouldn't make sense and i think it would be cool to have hillary swank as like a second master like karate master sensei like oh she she knows like some miyagi stuff like that is not you know um daniel larusso so that would be an interesting aspect to it 
So what I'm essentially saying is bring back Hillary Swank, but don't bring back any of these other people that. <laughs> yeah, 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 I I agree because it just doesn't add any any richness to the story. Um, just watching it a movie alone, like we still at the end of the day don't know what the purpose of these people were. We don't know what the groups, what they were wanting at the end of the day. And it's just like, you can't, like, I feel like with, at least with Terry Silver, like, sure, he was crazy at some moments, but we understood him. We, we understood, like, the, the extremes of it all. Does it necessarily, like, in real life, would that have happened? I don't know. But, like, with them, it's just like, I don't want them. I don't need them. They need to stay in the next Karate Kid and never come back again, because I don't want to ever feel that, like, that craziness, that, like, jarredness that I felt with these scenes. I don't want it ever again. And so, um, I think like it was like it's kind of like they said like it it was cool to see Hillary Swank in the, her career premiere like and awesome to see Pat as an actor come back and you know like I'm sure this is the script he had to work with so he does it as as best as he can but when it comes to the character of Mr. Miyagi it's not mine nope I don't want it <laughs> yeah exactly um, I do agree the waltz and um, Angel are the best part um, I won't elaborate because I think you already did uh, the work for me. <laughs> Yeah, essentially. As you can tell, I feel a little, little passionate about this. One. Yeah, absolutely. We all do. Like, uh, hopefully, we never have to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Um. So ranking it, um, it's really interesting. Wow, we're in the ranking section of the Karate Kids yeah. and everything like that. It's very fascinating. It's very fascinating to like see that. Yeah. Obviously, this bottom of the barrel, awful, awful movie. But like, it's interesting. I don't think there's ever been a trilogy where you're like. One, it, it just progressively gets worse and worse. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like, it's like an order, like one, two, three, four. Like, um, <laughs> um, I, I listened to, you know, kind of funny over there on my poster and like they, they, they're doing, they did a similar series like, like this. Uh, I kind of want to watch, like, I'm, I'm going to watch their version of this, like while the karate kid, the next karate kid, see uh-huh. what their ranking system is. Because I'm very curious to see if they had the same ideas, but like, yeah, obviously, a bottom of the barrel. I think you would agree too um, about that. But um, oh, yeah, yeah. I just I think it's fascinating that it just it goes in that order. Mm-hmm. And also too, because wasn't it uh, number two made the most money if I remember right, or am yeah. I just thinking that? Or was it- number two made hell of money, even more than the mm-hmm. first movie, because like you know, it's part two of like one of the big, what was one of the biggest like movies in the '80s. Um, like the, the movie that uh, rejuvenated karate and everything like that. So um, yeah, it's, and this was the, then the next karate kid was the biggest karate kid failure. Like it was the failure of the franchise. It was panned by critics as a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes, which um, makes sense to me. Very bad. Um, 7% means that 7% of the critics who saw this movie uh, rated it positive. So um, a lot of people hated this movie. Um, and even the box office return, while they did make their money back, they didn't make enough. Like uh, mm-hmm. twelve, like, like I mentioned in the beginning, twelve million dollar budget, and they only made fifteen million dollars back. So the profit was like three million, and even that could have been just VHS and um, like uh, who knows what the VHS and like home marketing sales were. But right, um, this didn't really, like. I don't think this movie inspired anyone to do karate. In fact, it kind of destroyed karate kid yeah <laughs> and like that yeah. we didn't get anything for the next um 20 years or so like until um cobra kai came back even that i was um not to get into cobra kai like right now because we'll get into that next week yes. um like i wasn't really thrilled that they were doing a cobra kai show because i know that like 
Uh, you made really, you made three okay trilogy movies here. Um, I don't know how you're going to handle like all these people aren't aren't all these people in their 60s like is this a is, I, I initially thought this was going to be a parody too so I, I was very hesitant about it i think a lot of people a lot of people were very hesitant about cobra kai especially since it was released on youtube as a youtube show that's what i was just going to bring up because i didn't um sorry my headphone keeps like popping out and i'm like trying to make yeah. it stay it's time um, to go but <laughs> i know it's like let's go um but I didn't watch it till season two came out. So even me, when I first started watching it, I was like, okay, let's see what this is about. And obviously we instantly know, fell in love. <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that hesitancy, which I think is so sad because like, you know, the, the cult following behind the Karate Kid is just so like, ah, you know, like it's something that you love and hold dear. And I think like, it's sad that like how the franchise kind of moved before Cobra Kai like um, gave it life again. It kind of like set it up to where it was like, okay, we'll see if this is good. And that makes me sad because like Cobra is so good. But again, we will, we'll talk about that next week. But it's just interesting that like, it, because it went down on this note that we were just, it makes you just kind of go, how does this play out? How is that going to work? And how do we reinvent it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember watching, cause like when it was on YouTube, I did the free trial of YouTube Red. By the way, YouTube Red, I use it now. And uh, I've been okay. using it for the last, five years or so like conse consecutively let me tell you something when you've used youtube red for as long as i have and uh you go on a computer that doesn't have youtube red um and you see those ads i'm like oh no no way because <laughs> you can't do ad blocker on your phone so it's just like uh it's a little difficult you have to like go to the browser oh. and, like the youtube browser in the web is not great like i like the app so it's just like youtube red was worth is worth it for me but uh, at the time I had the trial for YouTube Red because, you know, Karate Kid was coming out, Cobra Kai. Mm -hmm. And I was like, the first two episodes are out and they're going to be released weekly. I want to check this show out and see what, it's, what it was all about. And I was like, wait a minute, this show's good. This show's mm -hmm. actually really good. I'm, like, I'm in it. They're going to make more episodes? I thought this was a one-off or some like weird uh -huh. You don't think YouTube and like think like a series, you know? Like some people, yeah. I've followed creators who have done series before um, and they're YouTube-y, you know? Like, I, like they, they had no polish or uh, the quality of a TV show. And like, this was like really good. Like again, Cobra Guy, we're going to talk about that later. But like mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm talking about the hesitancy and I, I feel like all, this movie going back to next karate kid attributed to that hesitancy yep. because like after that no more karate kids pat marita dies how do you do karate kid without mr miyagi and uh we're gonna find out next week how they did it um I'm very excited to talk about the cobra kai um well, I, probably when the episode comes out we will let the audience know how we're going to do it at the beginning of the movie uh, at the beginning of the top of the show but yeah. right now we'll just say that you're gonna get a Cobra Kai something next week and it's gonna be in the rankings mm -hmm. so very excited to have finally talk about Cobra Kai um Marley do you have oh make sure you tune into Wayward uh movie servers uh we got some other cool plans with Wayward movie servers coming up real soon too uh probably by then we'll announce a few things but we'll see what happens um it is now towards the end of March. So these, uh, we haven't re announced like the show yet. So <laughs> I know, I know I've been like just waiting. Cause I think what's cool too, is like, by the time this episode comes out, the, you know, the pr previous three will have been, but it's just so crazy. Cause like, we're, we're so excited and like ready for this to like go and like experience with other people too. So I'm just, I'm so ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Marley, do you have any last words before we go? 
Oh, I just hope that you guys had a great time with us because I feel like we instead have just been living our best lives discussing these movies. And if you have not already, we'll just do a little shout out. Subscribe to this channel. Tell your friends, tell your wives, tell your kids, tell literally everyone you know. Subscribe, get some great content on here with Sid. And um, it's been a pleasure. Um, and we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, tell your senseis. <laughs> Uh, yes tell your senseis to watch it like karate <laughs> <laughs> all right wayward artists without further ado it's been real <laughs>